listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 91, where we will be discussing chapter 11 in Clockwork Prince, Un- Wild Unrest. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. Oh, Kristen. Goodness. Yes. I need to know, is it difficult to pick chapter names? Because this one's weird. It can be. It depends. I don't usually name my chapters because it's complicated. Yeah. Okay. There's too much pressure. I feel like because it has to be relevant and then if it's not, then Mm -hmm. it feels weird. It's like, why'd you bother Mm -hmm. if it's not relevant? Dude, that's like, I've read these books. I don't know how many times. I've never, ever read the poems and the excerpts and shit at the beginning of the chapter. I do not care. But I like listening to the like audio oh i don't i skip through it mm-hmm. i'm like i don't i don't care i started a new book last week and the first like two minutes was some sort of a quote or something and i was just like dude i can't believe i wasted my time on that it was two minutes like it was fine yeah <laughs> i think i think it's because of the type of book it is like i think it's the same thing with the chapter titles like i did chapter titles for hot mess but that was a comedy Mm -hmm. and the chapter titles were really funny and they were relevant but like with my romance stuff that's like normal romance I no because it just feels too much like it's I don't don't chapter 13 the p and the v right the limes and the lemons (laughs) with this kind of like urban fantasy I I enjoy chapter the chapter names, but I don't want the quotes. Right. Like, mm-hmm. if it was, like, a fucking George R.R. R. Martin, maybe. Like, because I feel like I'm digging deeper into the narrative than with a book like this. I don't know. Okay. Right. Or if it's, like, three lines. Yeah. Cool. But sometimes it's, like. But, like, when it's at the beginning of every chapter, I'm, like, mm-hmm. ugh. I don't care. I'm not Will. I don't. Mm-hmm. I know. It makes me a heathen. I'm not a huge fan of the classics. I'm sorry. Same. I was going to say, maybe if I was better read, like more well read. Yeah. yeah, probably. But I'm not. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just a, yeah. I'm just a TV girl over here. I remember <laughs> in sixth grade, we had to do a reading, like a lit literature wheel. And if you like filled it out, you... I think there was like a pizza party or something. Mm-hmm. And basically it was reading a book from every sort of like nonfiction, fiction, like genre, whatever. Yeah. Every such thank you. <laughs> and the classical one, I read Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that's where I'm that's at. Awesome. Yeah. No. Cause it counts. It counted. Yeah. I don't know. I've always had a very like I don't I I want what I read to entertain me first and foremost. Mhm. Mhm. And and I I mean I've read nonfiction, I've read biographies that I really liked. I I'm I'm really big on biographies. I I really like to learn about people's lives and like the weird shit that happened to them cuz I I just find that fascinating. Yeah. But I don't like I'm not in, I don't want to read philosophy like I don't want to like have to think I want to enjoy my reading time I want a story I want twists and turns I want to be like oh my god 
like as like I want to be entertained. I'm like old school Roman, like entertain me. <laughs> Are you not entertained? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I agree. 100%. Which funny. is probably why I still can't fucking read Game of Thrones. You can't read? Or Lord I, of the Rings. No. I, I can't. It's just I too, read it's the Game much. of Thrones. Jason's listening to the audiobook, and while the narrator is very good, okay, I want to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Is it the first one? I think he's on like the fourth book. I don't know. Okay, he's but, just like the first one him. is basically the first season of the TV show. Mm-hmm. Like, um, ages are changed and stuff because yeah. like it's got to be appropriate. Yeah. But I know what's going to happen. But then after that, it kind of goes on its own Mm -hmm. thing. And it was interesting to read about. And honestly, when I wasn't a giant lump on a log, I would go walk at my lunch for 30 minutes. And I would read it while I was walking. Mm. I like that. And it made the time go by fast. And I really, really, really love Brienne of Tarth. So Mm -hmm. I was into it. I like it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I need to get in. I, I probably need to challenge myself in my my reading a little bit more. You should try Forrest Gump. I'm just kidding. I've heard that's really, really, really difficult. I really don't know that I could emotionally handle that book. That's fair. The movie enough is in, enough to, like, have me a fucking weeping mess. Every time. Uh-huh. Yep. And, I mean, I saw that in theaters. My mom took me to see that in theaters. I was a child. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, I mean, obviously I was too, but I've seen it so many times, though, and every fucking time. Mm-hmm. Every time it's on TV, I turn it on until I find something else. Yep. <laughs> it, it's one of those movies. It's like Selena, Forrest Gump. Um, I love What's Selena. another one? J-Lo is mm-hmm. so good in that movie. Right? So good. Fuck. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I don't know about you. I don't have anything other anything other to add. No. Anything else? No, I think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a question for you guys. Tell us. Since we haven't done one in a couple of episodes. Fuck Mary Kill. Camille, Ragnar, or Woolsey. Feel like this is a okay. little bit more challenging. Okay. I would kill Ragnar. Because I don't know enough about him. Mm-hmm. Because um, I don't think I've ever actually even really met him, right? Well, we did like a couple he, chapters ago, but that was it. Yeah, he had yeah. lunch with them, yeah. Yeah, but that's uh-huh. really all I know of him so far. Um, I think I would fuck Woolsey. Wool, I keep calling him Woolsey. Um, like an extra L (laughs) and I would marry Camille I think because she just seems like a good time (laughs) like she sounds fun I like it um I would kill Wolsey because I don't want to fucking listen to him (laughs) be annoying and one up every single thing you're trying to say that's an absolute no from me (laughs) die um, I would marry Ragnar because he could do some cool magic shit for me and 
I am doing this in my entire universe and some like, you know, whatever. Mm. And I would, um, yeah, fuck Camille because it seems like a good time. Yeah. yeah. She knows what she's yeah. doing. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh-huh. See, my problem is at this point, I, I don't trust Ragnar. Like, I feel like, I feel like he's. Like, I don't know. There's something about him that we don't know everything about him. And that makes me a little leery. Mm-hmm. But you brought up a good point about Wolsey being insufferable. Um, Dude. So I think I'm going to have to agree with Robin on this. I would fuck Camille, marry Ragnar, and kill Wolsey. Because he's just too annoying. Which maybe he could grow out of that because he's very young. That's true. Like maybe you could train him out of it. Maybe like you train a dog, but it's not worth Just kidding. The risk. Get it? Because he's a person slash wolf. <laughs> oh god. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I, I do think he would be fun because I'm sure he has a ton of fun. I do. I think he's well, hilarious. He, yeah. I know it's yeah. terrible, and I know he'd be annoying in real life. <laughs> what? Who knows if what he's saying is actually true, or he's just making shit up too? Right. Do we have anything else that we wanted to bring up? I don't think so. Um, don't forget to go take our poll. We could say that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to go take our poll. It's only open for another week. I was going to try to sing a yep. song about me being gone, but I don't, like, have a good one. Since you've been, Since gone. You've been gone. But I'm not gone yet. <laughs> you guys, I'm not gone yet. I'm, Since you might be gone. I'm right here. Don't forget about me. <laughs> Never. Oh, so what do you guys say we cut the chit-chat and kick things off with Robin's recap? Previously on Downworld or Dish. Will updates the breakfast table with his tales of debauchery from the night before, except his tales missing a few key pieces of information. Mid-scolding from Charlotte, Jim finally makes his appearance, sitting as far away from Tessa as possible and making her feel like garbage. Will divulges some super hot goss about how there are some person slash wolves at the demon drug den that were working for Morty. Charlotte rushes off to invite Wolsey Scott, leader of the London pack, over to dish the details. Will follows the girls to training, which, as planned, drives fucking Gabriel to anger. He unties some family feud shit between the Lightwoods and the Fairchilds, causing Sophie to slap him right in his fucking Gabriel fucking face. <laughs> and he leaves pouting. Sophie is freaking the fuck out. <laughs> Sophie is freaking the fuck out that she's gonna get fired, but is comforted by Gideon, who basically tells her that she's the best thing about London, and that even if they aren't training anymore, he'd love to keep seeing her. Tessa tries to follow fucking Gabriel to apologize, but ends up ducking into a room with Will and flirting, but not flirting with him, and scolding him about how he made Jim feel by going to the drug den and supposedly he didn't know. Charlotte interrupts by bringing in Wolsey and they get the details about what he knows about Morty and the unsworn wolves of London. Things are getting spooky. (laughs) Okay. So I feel like things are getting good. The next couple chapters are going to be like awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's shit happening. Yeah. Like bang, bang, bang. I don't know where to get that. It's okay. Okay, so this chapter marks the beginning of what I affectionately call the correspondence preface part of the series. (laughs) 
so like from here on out, there's a whole lot of letters that start out chapters Mm -hmm. and scene breaks and all this crap. There's, there's a lot of written correspondence. Now, I don't know about you, but I grew up reading those Dear America books. So, like, I have a soft spot for this kind of narrative. Like, those were, like, diary entries and stuff from, like, fake historical people. (laughs) Okay, are you talking about the the diary ones and the American Girl series, both? No, 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 no. They're not American Girl ones. They were the... um, they were the diary series, but they had like a whole like America, like offshoot, you know. I read them to my child. Did you? Because I had them from when I was a kid. Oh, so cool. I love them so the much. The Mayflower one yes. and the uh, Oregon Prudence Trail one. Or, was it Patience or Prudence? Patience. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Because her mom thought she could use more of it or something, so she called her Patience. I've read them all. I love them so much. I actually looked into buying some for Bryn, more like for me, because I wanted to reread them as uh-huh. an adult. <laughs> they are so expensive because they're like out of print. Oh. oh, yeah. Oh. So you have to like okay. buy them. Well, on I have eBay. some if you'd like to borrow them and reread them. I did because I, I read them to my kid, but I just wanted to read them. I, yeah, I fucking might. Dude, the Elizabeth the first one. Was one of my favorites. Oh, and Cleopatra was a good one. They had some good shit. I don't have those, but. I never read them. Agreed. Okay, sorry. This has nothing to do with anything. I'm just nerding out. So, obviously, I'm not going to read the whole letter because Ragnar is a wordy bitch. And um, (laughs) I just don't want to do that. So, I'll do my best to summarize as Alexis Rose from Schitt's Creek. Because... I'm into it. So it goes a little something like this. Hey, you beautiful boss bitch. I know you're probably thinking, why are you writing me? You just left. So random, right? Anyway, I'm writing you because I am like really good at my job and I've already got some hot goss. The villagers are super chatty and the ones that weren't just needed a little bit of magical persuasion, if you know what I mean. Like talking, talking? Like talking. Like talking a baby. Yeah. Like (laughs) taking candy from a baby. Or like that time that I actually took candy from a baby using magic. But that was the summer when I traveled with to Transylvania with the Grimm brothers. They were kind of weird. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) The hair the Herondales, mom, dad, and baby Cecily act as caretakers for Ravenscar Manor for the owner Mortmain, which honestly is like so good for them. But nobody else in town knows anything much about Marty, so that's kind of a dead end. As I was spying, I mean, watching the manor, (laughs) honestly, they're actually, like, so cute. The whole little family union, ugh, I just want to, like, squeeze them. Okay, but that's not the point. So, I'm watching, and Cecily just pops up out of nowhere, randomly, like, boo bitch. (laughs) At first, she was, like, super hostile, but, like, in a charming way, you know? She's a lot like her brother like that. She really wanted to know about Will, and it kind of broke my heart. Don't worry. I know the law. So I just broke it a little bit. <laughs> you know me. I could be real discreet. Just ask Napoleon. <laughs> JK. Maybe. <laughs> 
Anyways, it took a big bit of coaxing, but she finally opened up. Truly, it was a beautiful moment for her. But enough of that. Here's the tea. Edmund went downhill not because his oldest daughter died. By the way, did you know that? Shocking, right? But it was Will running away that had him gambling everything away. And when they lost everything, a family friend swooped in and gave them a castle. Mortmain. It was Mortmain. Guess who? (laughs) Honestly, you probably shouldn't tell Will that. I don't know if he's there yet, you know, like emotionally. He's got... He's got a way to go in his journey. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I think I'm a lot funnier than I am. And I know this. No, it's hilarious. I don't want to interrupt uh-huh. you because it's, it's so story. beautiful by laughing. Yeah. It's fine. Oh, uh, where am I? Oh, <clears throat> okay. But back to the sassy Herondale. Cecily says they don't see much of Mortmain, uh, just the occasional postcard from Shanghai. But we know he's not there. So here's what I'm thinking. Morty knows all about the shadow hunters and saw an opportunity to use their laws against them. Think about it. Okay. So by befriending an ex-hunter of shadows, he ensures that the clave doesn't come poking around his business. It's all very Illuminati. (laughs) That's all I have right now, but I'm going to hang for a few days, muck it up with the locals, and see what else I can find. TTYL, Ragnar. (laughs) That was beautiful. Uh-huh. <laughs> I I don't know why I get progressively nervous the longer I do it. <laughs> like it gets worse. I get it's opposite obviously for me. <laughs> yep. So we're in Charlotte's point of view and she does something I've always wished I could do. She reads the letter twice and commits it to memory and then just throws it in the fire like a boss move. So funny. Dude, I was like, she must be a steel trap. And then I heard Will's voice in the back of my head going, memory rune, permanent memory rune. <laughs> you just hear it on repeat. That's great. Like a TV show. I can't like even the, remember um, what South time Park it thing. is right after I look at my phone. I know. So <laughs> there's no way. When I rose writing this part, my part of this chapter, yeah. I read like, Normally, I try to read my whole section and then I'll go back and try to summarize because it's a little smoother that way for me. Otherwise, I'm really like focused on every sentence. But anyway, mm-hmm. I read like a, maybe a page. I was like, OK, cool. I'm going to set this down and I'm going to write this part really quick. And then I was like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> literally, literally exactly what I did. I was like, OK, wait, what, how did it start again? <laughs> I love it. <sighs> yeah. So Charlotte's mind can't help but wander to Will, who who she is certain was sent by the angel to test her. <laughs> she sounds like a southern grandma. Like, <laughs> I know the Lord sent you to test me. <laughs> That's totally Ooh, child. True. Um, Will, who lashes out every time she tries to show him affection, mm. which is really sad. Yeah. She remembers when he first came to the Institute and how heartbroken she was for him uh, as he hid in his room, trying not to listen to his parents calling from for him from outside. And it seems like the emotion Charlotte most attaches to Will is sadness. And damn, that hits hard. Yeah. Like, fuck. Like, it's just he's not he's not happy. And it's so mm-hmm. obvious. Mm. 
And I, I think it really shows how much Charlotte knows Will because, like, despite his best efforts, she sees straight through him. She knows exactly. Uh-huh. Like, she doesn't know why he's doing it, but she understands that, like, he's just deeply, deeply sad. It's weird that uh-huh. he doesn't recognize that she can see that. Uh-huh. He thinks his facade is so good. Yeah. Yeah. I guess he is a 17-year-old boy, so. Right. We all do, don't we? <laughs> I'm so sneaky. The last time Charlotte saw the scared little boy was when he made her promise to tell him if any of his family died. Um, After that, he threw himself into training and became the will that he is now. So sad. Charlotte is ripped from her reverie by Jem, just coming to check on her. But Charlotte's been a pseudo parent for long enough to know that teenagers always have an ulterior motive. (laughs) And Jem is no exception. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he heard about the whole Fairchild Pangborn Lightwood beef from Sophie, and he wants confirmation. Do you or do you not have a receipt for that? Right. <laughs> All right. I'm going to read this little quote from the book. It's not true. It can't be. Charlotte shook her head. Silas Pangborn did kill himself because he was in love with his parabatai, but not because my father told the clave about it. The first the clave knew of it was from Silas's suicide note. In fact, Silas's father asked my father for help in writing Silas's eulogy. Does that sound like a man who would blame who blamed my father for his son's death? <laughs> Jim's just like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. There's another side to this story. Dude, I wouldn't have guessed that Benedict Lightwood would have, like, misconstrued it. (laughs) Well, Charlotte's going to be like, Tessa, change into my dad and tell this bitch he's wrong. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) If if Tessa was a true renegade runner with them, what am I saying? Anyway. Ride or die. Exactly. Thank you. She would do it without even being asked. She'd be like, I know. I know how to solve this. I got you. Yeah. So before they could continue their conversation, Jem is doubled over hacking up blood. Naturally, Charlotte panics and moves to go towards him. She's like, oh, my God. But Jem recovers and staves her off, insisting that he's fine. Yeah. You are not Me fine. too. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Mm-hmm. Gosh. That's like when you walk up a flight of stairs in your wind and see fake coughs, so you can grab more air. on. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You try Fine. to breathe through Promise. your nose, like, really slowly. That does not work. I don't care what they it tell you. It makes you less, like, it, it, like, makes it so, like, you're less, out, like, you have less breath. Yeah. You're more out of breath. Exactly. I, I got like I'm just trying breathe. to kill myself at that yeah. point. I'm just like. <gasps> I think that's what the doctors, why they say it. Because it's like, if you can't handle walking up three flights of stairs, you might as well just, like, breathe this way and just let it, and just end it now. oh my god i'm a terrible person i'm going to hell (laughs) but i am one of those people so it's okay right same right i can make fun of me you can't make fun of me Dude, that's like every time we go to an apartment, I'm like, how do you get your groceries upstairs, man? I used to live on the third floor. Car- it was hell. Oh. Yep. Luckily, I was single, so I didn't have much to do, but still. So Charlotte can't catch a break. 
this is seriously a one-two punch. She's heartbroken both over both Will and Jem, and she knows there's literally nothing she can do for e- either of them, which is just an awful feeling. Mm-hmm. Like these poor fucking kids just got dealt a shit hand. Yeah. Dude. Then perfect Jem has to go and say something so miserably beautiful and make it like 10 times fucking worse. Of course. You really, you really don't have to. (laughs) So we're in Charlotte's head a lot. I want to give you guys a little snippet into her head. Um, Charlotte just looked at him open mouthed. It sounded so much like a goodbye. She could not bear to reply. He turned with his usual light tread and made his way out of the li- out of the room. She watched him go, telling herself it meant nothing, that he was no worse than he had been, that he still had time. She loved Jem, as she loved Will, as she could not help loving them all. And the thought of losing him shattered her heart, not only for her own loss, but for Will's. If Jem died, she could not help but feel he would take all... He would take all that was still human about Will with him when he went. Fuck. <sighs> Dude. Char. I right? feel like Lottie, babe. Right? I'm like, someone needs a Xanax. <laughs> Damn. We're getting we're getting real sad. Yeah. I'm ready for a pick me up. Let's go hop over to Will's point of view and see what this degenerate's up to. Seriously. <laughs> okay, normally I wouldn't mention the two paragraphs we spend on the weather, but this line made me want to puke, so I have to share it. Uh quote, but the rain had already gotten into his mouth. Great icy drops that tasted of charcoal and silt. Gross. Dude, talk about acid rain. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Uh, You remember that in the 90s? Whatever happened to that? Do we just not talk about it anymore? Dude, I don't know. (laughs) I hope that it died with Hexus. What's Hexus? You have to watch Fern Gully oh. with Christian Slater. Okay. okay. And then you will know. I've seen it, but it's I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that's gross. If, if you ever needed a reason not to want to time travel to Victorian London, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And the yellow fog from, like, two chapters ago. Right. The, the, yeah. the toxic fog. Yeah. So Will's inner monologue is waxing poetic about his country's soul stuck in the giant machine of a city, and he starts to think about his family. Sad face. Yeah. He's in the home stretch. He sees the institute ahead, and he's thinking about how he plans to raid the kitchen since Bridget is definitely asleep and won't <laughs> catch him. <laughs> you see, he's been avoiding Tessa and therefore skipping meals. Okay. I'm so too fat for that, man. Dude. Deal with the awkwardness. I need my bread. <laughs> I need my cold toast. Pack a snack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some cold chicken. Right? We all know there's the plenty chicken. of it. 
<laughs> so why is he avoiding Tessa? Well, he's punishing himself. Kind of. He's also intermittently testing himself by being inappropriate with <laughs> Tessa. And then he runs away again. It seems to be working out really well for him. <laughs> it's like tag. <laughs> yeah. If he's being honest with himself, he wants to touch her. He wants to hug her. He wants to kiss her. He wants to love her. <laughs> I love Miss Congeniality. Will and Tessa sitting in a tree. As he's fiddling with his keys at the front door, Will starts to reminisce about his trip at the opium den, as you do. <laughs> There's a lot of quotes, but they're they're small. Mm, and I, they're important. I think I did a couple, too. They're yeah, me too. They're quotable yeah, quotes. They're hoity. <clears throat> he had dreamed he was lying on a hill in Wales with the sky. Got with the sky high and blue overhead and that Tessa had come walking up the hill to him and had sat down beside him I love you he had said to her and kissed her as if it were the most natural thing in the world do you love me she had smiled at him you will always come first in my heart she had said tell me this is not a dream he had whispered to her as she'd put her arms around him and then he'd no longer known what was waking and what was sleeping okay I don't, I don't, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. I don't like Tessa picking favorites in her heart. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even like it in dream form. (laughs) So Will gets home and he's going through his routine. You know, he's taking off his coat and putting down his keys and he gets to Jem's room and he comes across Jem pacing in front of Tessa's door. (laughs) What could that be about? Awkward. And he's like, Jim, what are you doing here in front of your bedroom? (sighs) And it's immediately clear that Jim is a terrible liar um, because he makes up some bullshit and like deflects. And he's like, Will, where have you been all night again? (laughs) No, you're bad at this. But Will takes the bait anyways, because, you know, he wants to talk about himself. He has something for Jem, and they need to go into his no girls allowed room first before he can give it to him. <laughs> they go in, and he, like, bolts the lock, and I'm like, bro, chill. Yeah. <laughs> Who's coming in? I don't know. Who just Anyone walks into walking? your room? Does Tessa just walk into your room, too, man? That's what Jem says. I get it. We don't need any half-dressed girls walking in here <laughs> disturbing us. Just the two of us. Maybe we would, uh, you know, finish the plot halfway through book two if we all three just got in a room together. <laughs> Dude, I know this isn't important to what you're talking about, but I want to know why Will has his own quasi-moto Quasi, yeah, turret. I think that's by choice. And Jim and has like a regular room. I I think it's Will's aesthetic. He wants to be lone and broody and away from everybody. Right. 
Okay. Interesting. Because Jessamine's obviously on the same wing yeah. as Jim and Tessa. That yeah. is interesting. Because okay. Tessa's room was available. Like, they could have been across the hall from each other. Mm-hmm. And then they could have put, like, a string with two cans on the end of it and talked to each other yeah. through right. the doors. Because these didn't have vents back then to talk through, like my brother and I did. Although across the hall, mm-hmm. still. <laughs> Poor cockblock Jem has no choice but to relent. Because he can't tell his best friend how he feels because... Say it with me. Plot. 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 <laughs> Before they can get... Before they can even get the ball rolling, Jem has a coughing fit and Will sees the blood and he's like, oh shit, this is not looking good for Jemathan. Poor Jemathan. W- right? Will- Poor baby. Will gives Jem the package of Yinfen and he ha- Jem has this moment where he thinks Tessa told Will about kicking over the box of Yinfen <laughs> in a fit of passion, but then he like re- quickly regains his senses and he's like, no, definitely, definitely she didn't tell you that. Bitch just yeeted it off the nightstand. (laughs) And Will explains that he doesn't want Jem to run out because uh, if Mortmain has all the good stuff and Jem runs out, they're definitely fucked. Yeah. But Jem is still salty about having to pull Will's sorry ass out of a Whitechapel drug den. So Will is going to have to do better than that. Like, you've got some groveling to do. As as bad as Jem is at lying, yeah, that's about how bad Will is at apologizing. Yeah. <laughs> they are definitely the yin to, to each other's yang. Like, they they for sure complement each other. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, I talked to Tessa, and I get it. I didn't mean it. Please forgive me. And Jem's just like, and then <laughs> what else? Come on. <laughs> and he says to Will, "What do we say?" Right. And Will says, "I went to that den because I could not stop thinking about my family, and I wanted, I needed to stop thinking." Said Will. It did not cross my mind that it would look to you as if I were making a mockery out of your sickness. I suppose I am asking for your forgiveness for my lack of consideration. His voice dropped. Everyone makes mistakes, Jem. Yes, said Jem. You just make more than most people. (laughs) I'm like, yeah. I'm like, accept the apology. Like, that was fine. That was a good apology. But also twist the knife. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's... To make the joke again. I'm sorry, baby. (laughs) Jem's not done getting his licks in, though. He's like, you hurt everyone. Literally everyone. You are a menace to society. Will Herondale. I'm sorry. I'm still on Billy Madison. (laughs) I want to kiss you all over. Jesus. And then she stays the night. Somebody... (laughs) Anyway, sorry. sorry. So, so, somebody hit me with the second second line. Don't leave me hanging there. To the neck. And over and again. Easy. Is it glows? Goes? Uh, it's, um, he's like, I want to kiss you all over and over and again. Oh. To the night closes in. Oh, my God. <sighs> I'm sorry, baby. So funny. 
I love I love him. <sighs> uh, but Jem pushed too hard because dramatic ass Will Herondale starts freaking the fuck out, thinking he's finally pushed Jem away. Uh, and it's so sad, but it's also very funny uh-huh. because Jem is like, Jesus Christ, dude, chill. You're fucking forgiven for fuck's sake. Pull yourself together, man. Yeah. I would have forgiven you like five minutes ago. Okay, it's fine. Yeah, he's like, what? He's like, calm down. <laughs> Relax. Stop talking or I will unforgive yeah, you. Right? <laughs> but shit just gets darker. And now this is where that neutral part of my alignment comes in that we talked about way back in like episode 20. <laughs> because Will tells Jem that he had to get as much yen fen as he could because if Jem ran out and Mortmain was the only source he'd do whatever he had to do to get it for him and I'm like yeah yeah I'm and Jem's like well you could let me die like a reasonable per- reasonable person and I'd be like no sorry no no, no. whatever laws that? I have to break whoever I have to kill we'll make it happen yeah now break your legs. <laughs> Bitch, I'm gonna break your legs. <laughs> so the rest of this scene is a real bummer. Um, Will is having a realization that at some point he's going to lose Jem. And he really just can't fucking take it. And it's really devastating. So I'm going to end with a quote from the book. Because I... Nope. It's just... It's not something that I'm willing to try to explain in my words (laughs) yeah (laughs) so this is um jem telling will why he chose to be his pair of a tie i thought you needed me jem said there was a wall you have built about yourself will and i have never asked you why but no one should should shoulder every burden alone I thought you would let me inside if I became your parabatai, and then you would have at least someone to lean upon. I did wonder what my death would mean for you. I used to fear it, for your sake. I feared you would be left alone inside that wall, but now something has changed. I do not know why, but I know it is true. What is true? Will's fingers were still digging into Jem's wrist. That the wall is coming down. Hmm, I wonder but why. But he doesn't know that it's because of the woman he is also in love with. Mm-hmm. Awkward. Sad. It's weird that they like, like, they just, they don't even have that relationship where they both like a girl and neither of them are telling each other. I guess Will's is more. Well, and Jim did tell, basically, right? That he had a crush on Tessa. Did he? I think they did when he was just like, she's a pretty girl or like well, yeah, said something like, that well, he noticed that he was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, I notice you noticing notice me. You. I think this is wholly unrealistic. I, I, I think that the reason they don't talk to each other is because of the love triangle plot. But I think everything about their character tells you that they would know. Yeah. They would at least be able to pick it up. Yeah. That like each mm-hmm. other. Yeah. Know, come on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Especially because I feel like we've had some points throughout the story where like it's pointed out where Will could see the tension or whatever. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. they definitely. Yeah. They can read each other. Yeah. Okay. So yet again, yep. Tessa couldn't sleep. You guys. 
so like okay but i have to be honest sometimes if i can't i can't sleep either like if i don't play on my phone for like 10 minutes before i go to sleep right like Mm -hmm. i gotta have that little screen time no matter how tired i am i just need it i'm gonna go upstairs after we're done here and i'm gonna play on my phone even though i could fall asleep right now Mm -hmm. anyway um do you think i have a question yeah do you think the reason she can't sleep is because there is a teenage boy haunting the outside of her bedroom door. <laughs> Maybe I think it's Dr. It. Dre. Right. She's like, I don't know. There's definitely a poltergeist in this castle, you guys. <laughs> There's a doctor and it's Dr. Dre. I'm your motherfucking conscience. Oh, <laughs> That's true. That is true. Yep. She can't shut her brain off, which is just like me. But I, to, I don't know. I guess I can't imagine like, just crawling into bed and going to sleep without like some sort of stimulation like my husband my husband does it all the time crazy it's crazy to me i don't know they're like no turn off your screen no i need blue light to go to bed 100 (laughs) percent. and obviously she doesn't have that so i think it's weird but right anyway (laughs) (laughs) she's thinking about how i remember sorry no tell me no (laughs) When I was pregnant with William, and I, that first couple, like, months, you're just, like, a vamp, an energy vampire, yep. like Colin Robinson, is draining you of your life force. Yeah. And once I finally found out I was pregnant, I gave in to it and just slept. Like, I went to bed at, like, 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. and just slept, and I felt so much better. And I was like, why could I have not just done that before? If my body needed sleep that badly, mm-hmm. why couldn't I have just gone to bed? I don't know. Yep. Because I'm a selfless asshole, asshole, even to myself. It's true. It's definitely harder when you have another kid, though. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Good luck with yeah, that. I slept a lot when I was pregnant with Lincoln. Not so much with this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. No. I remember, like, falling asleep during, like, Jeopardy or something on the couch. That's 7 o'clock. I was falling asleep on the couch. Like, not now. <laughs> There's anyway, no <laughs> so Tessa's thinking about how dinner had gone, and um, Charlotte told them that fucking Gabriel refuses to come back for training. Um, so it's just going to be Gideon from here on out, which obviously makes me happy for Sophie because now they don't have to try to come up with a reason to see each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Tessa feels responsible for all of this happening since Will came to training with her, but um, I feel like she's just kind of pulling a page from the Downworlder Dish playbook and blaming herself because this is totally fucking Gabriel's fault. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally something one of us would do. I can't mm-hmm. believe I brought him there. Mm-hmm. Like, that's stupid. I would feel that way, but I know that's Girl. dumb. <laughs> yep. So um, to get to the real reason that she can't sleep, right? Because she wants to try to make herself feel good that that's why, but really she just can't stop thinking about the sexy time she had. so she wonders why Jem didn't come to dinner and if it's really because he's ill or if he's regretting their little like half hookup second base if you will (laughs) and she feels like she went too far by like not stopping herself and she should have been more of a lady she should have been able to stop herself and I hate that it's very yeah yeah I hate the word lady like my mom used to be like be ladylike and it just makes me like physically angry with rage. <laughs> like just fills me with rage. <laughs> Do not like that. Uh, yeah. I don't like, yeah. She, I hate blaming herself for something that she wanted and he wanted. Like 
it's just whatever. I guess that my only thing is they're young. Right. My daughter's 17. I don't, I'm not into it, but <laughs> Amanda, I you know. were 17. Yep. That's one time I was 17. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> You're like, that is a factual statement. Yep. <laughs> Facts. Moving on. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> so she, Tessa internally knows she fully knows that she would have gone as far as Jem wanted to. So she, of course, tries to make herself feel bad about that, too. No. Yeah. Um, so as she's thinking about that and she's starting to, like, think about how far she would have gone and she, like, starts folding her pillow under because, <laughs> you know. She's making out with her hand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Sophie knocks on the door. Well, someone knocks on the door and she realizes, finds out that it's Sophie. And um, it knocks her out of her, like, self-porno that she was reliving. And <laughs> <laughs> Tessa can see a blood stain on Sophie's collar. And um, Sophie quickly asks to come into Tessa's room. And she starts telling Tessa all about seeing Jessamine sneaking out. And apparently Sophie has noticed that sometimes lately her bed hasn't even been slept in at all. So Jessamine is staying out all night long. Suspicious. <sighs> See, want to know? And like, but there's mud on good her on, stuff, and good on Sophie for not ratting before this yeah, point. Good like, point. she's like, okay, well, like, Will does whatever the fuck he wants, so I guess I won't say anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, Tessa's kind of like, bro, why are you telling me this? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like she found herself a dude. I mean, it's weird to dress up and leave in the middle of the night, but like, who cares? And um, Sophie is like, well, because I found this. And it's an <laughs> invitation she found in one of um, Jessamine's, like, jackets or something. One of the pockets. With the E-Crew stripe. I love that she, yeah. like, has to describe what it looks like. And Tess like. is like, I don't care what dress it was or whatever, what jacket it was. Yeah. <laughs> so it is an invitation to a masquerade ball hosted by Benedict Lightwood. And there is writing on the invitation that Tessa recognizes. And it says, my Jesse, my very heart is bursting at the thought of seeing you tomorrow night at the great affair. However, it may be, I shall have eyes for nothing and no one but you do wear the white dress, darling, as you know how I like it in gloss of, of stain and glimmer of pearls. As the poet said, yours always NG. And first of all, I just want to know who signs their initials. Dumb. <laughs> Dumb. Right, K.A.? She knows it's from just you. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> it's like literally my author's signature. But this is a love letter. Like who would sign their initials True. on that? Yeah. True. <laughs> well, it's like he's trying to be secretive, but then like leaves like a, a clue. He like leaves his last four social security, like his fast last four digits. <laughs> this is our code password hint <laughs> car color first car color oh my god that's great and then b- before tessa can read it she has to click on all the pictures of crosswalks oh my god i am not a robot <laughs> so annoying and then they keep disappearing and you have to keep doing it until there's no more left i already did this why? once. why come on captcha <laughs> anyway 
I'm I'm gonna recapture cap in your ass, bitch. I don't know what that means. <laughs> okay, so we're all basically like, whoa. Obviously, we know who this is. And Tessa insists on stopping Jessamine from going. And Sophie tells her that although she hasn't left yet, Jessamine is still here. There is a little bit of a problem. <laughs> Jessamine caught Sophie with the invitation in her hand. And uh, Sophie's new training kicked in. <laughs> She kind of hit Jesse in the head with a mirror, over the head with a mirror, and knocked her out. <laughs> she's got a taste for blood after slapping fucking Gabriel. Right. Now she's just out for vengeance. She's like, I like slapping Sophie unleashed. <laughs> that felt good. <laughs> so anyway, she did what anyone would do. She tied her to the bed and went looking for Tessa. <laughs> So the two go over who would be best to bring into the situation to help them. And they eventually decide on Will. (laughs) There's a whole list of reasons why no, no, no. And eventually Sophie's like, okay, cool. Like, I don't care what he thinks of me. So let's, Will's fine. That's cool. So Will comes into the room. He's like, whoa, (laughs) Sophie did this? Like, our Sophie? (laughs) Yeah. This is crazy. So then Will tells Sophie that he thinks he's in love with her and he may want to marry her. And she accepts. (laughs) End of the story. The end. Good book. <laughs> that would solve everything. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Gideon. Oh, uh, and Tessa. Although she would still have Gem. <laughs> anyway, obviously, I'm just kidding. Tessa tells him to knock it off because Sophie is already scared that Charlotte's going to fire her. Just like she's had a bad day. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> when it isn't your day, week, or even your year. Seriously. so sorry so will assures them that sophie did like what she did was heroic since jessamine is involved with benny and the dicks and whatever the hell it is that nate is involved in she obviously made the right choice like jessamine shouldn't be going we need to stop her we need to get info out of her all that stuff like charlotte's not going to be mad so will decides to go over and draw narazzi on jessamine and then drops a little sleeping rune on her so that she'll be out for the whole night and at first i'm like okay cool good thinking and second i'm like i don't like that there is a sleeping rune because it makes me feel icky yep you could do anything you want with that yep i mean i would give it to myself so i could sleep i could understand like a sick person and you want them to sleep they don't have modern medicine like we do. That's like, fair, yeah. I understand the utility of it. Don't love it. <laughs> no. I feel like it should be one of those runes that only the silent brothers know how to yes. do. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Not a 17-year-old dude. Yep. Not Will the derelict. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Or a 17-year-old girl, by the way. 17-year-old person. Anyone. Yeah, it's creepy. I don't like it. (laughs) It also kind of makes me, like, reminds me of when my dad used to give us Dimetap. So we would go to sleep as children. (laughs) So he admits to that. (laughs) That's so fucked up. It's probably why I'm allergic to acetaminophen to this day. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) He gave me too much. I overdosed on Dimetap. Ding, 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 ding. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
so Tessa thinks that they should tell Charlotte about this whole situation. But Will says that um, if we tell Charlotte, like she's going to tell the clave. And if Benedict is hosting this event, like this event, some of the clave is probably there. And also the ball started like an hour ago. So mm, I think it's a little too late to stop it. (laughs) So Will thinks the gem isn't well enough to go. Um, so he kicks him out of the plans. He's just like, no, he's, he's sleeping. He's got better things to do. And, um, so he asks if Tessa will go with him to the ball. And again, like we were just talking about, he literally just saw Jem pacing in front Mm -hmm. of her bedroom. How, not that long ago, you know, what he, what the hell he was doing? You know that, you know, this man, Mm -hmm. and now you're asking her to the ball. You know what you're doing. (laughs) No. Anyway, she's like, bro. He's repressing it. Yeah. Doesn't want to believe it. Yep, totally. In denial. It's not just a river in Egypt. (laughs) Tessa's like, bro, we tried this before. We've tried to go to a party together. Last time the place literally went up in flames. (laughs) (laughs) But, of course, they both have the same idea that Tessa needs to go and she will change into Jessamine and they're going to go to the ball together. So Sophie agrees to help Tessa into the dress that Nate described, and she's going to do her hair. And uh, Tessa and Will go back and forth discussing which one of them wants to take Mortmain down, which is such... This just reminds me of they're so young. They're both like, I'm going to get him, basically. No, I'm going to get him. And it's so dumb. (laughs) Yeah. So eventually, Sophie agrees that Will should take him down because he's dangerous. Like he's at least a shadow hunter with training what what are you you can change into people like so far we don't know anything else about you like let him do it (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) so tessa's like fine but if nate sees us together he'll know what's up so like stay out of his way and so will goes to wake up cyril to get like to drive them there which i think is weird like can't they just drive themselves but i guess this guy cannot get a night's rest (sighs) yeah exactly seriously So then as Will is leaving to let Tessa get ready, he adds, and I quote, and be prepared to swoon at my finery. (laughs) Didn't he just give himself a pep talk about this? He's Uh, testing himself again already. I am ready to swoon. Spoiler. You know he's going to look great. Exactly. Okay. We flash forward the waiting. And Tessa's heading out to the carriage, admiring the cool night and thinking about when the Institute was attacked by the clockwork hoodlums. <laughs> Will was waiting for her at the carriage, and when they saw each other, they locked eyes. Will was staring at Tessa, who was disguised as Jessamine, and the dress she's wearing was low cut and had a silk ribbon at the collar and short sleeves. And Tessa felt naked without her clockwork angel. But obviously she couldn't wear it as it would be a dead ass giveaway. Right? <laughs> hey guys, promise him Jessamine. <laughs> promise. Tessa, let me borrow this. It's not like sweet. Do you, what was it? What would she say? You want to do a jewelry swap? That's right. That's right. To get the locket back. Anyway, um, when she was getting ready, she was all dressed, hair pinned with pearls and her gold domino half mask. She stood in the mirror, admiring how delicate she looked, like a fairy princess. Mm. And Tessa admits that it's easier to have those feelings when you're not looking at your own reflection. And damn, girl, that is deep. That is. I get that. Mm -hmm. For real. So Will's comment earlier that 
Amanda said to prepare to swoon at his finery, made her roll her eyes. But now he was standing there. The Chad Michael Murray to her Hillary Duff. Oh, God. And he looked more handsome than he ever had before. He was wearing a black half mask that brought out the color of his eyes. And she was like, damn, bitch, stop yourself. (laughs) So she decided to pay attention to Cyril. (laughs) Cyril looked at the two of them confused. And he shrugged his shoulders. He's like, fuck it. I'm just going to go fuck with it. It's it one way too late for this. <laughs> I want to get back to bed. Yeah. Will tells Jessamine slash Tessa that he knows why Nate had quoted the poetry in the note saying that Jessa was supposed to be Maud, Queen of Rose, Queen Rose of the Rosebud Garden of Girls. I legit have no idea what these two are talking about, but they're basically flirting via poetry okay. again. The carriage pulls off and Tessa's inner monologue is feeling how I'm assuming Hermione felt stealing those polyjuice potion ingredients. No. Out of nowhere she blurts. <laughs> yep. Out of nowhere she blurts out, I am not Jessamine. And Will is like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Duh. I was with you when but- we made this plan. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was involved. Except he's... <sighs> He's he's on a sentimental crunch after seeing Jim mm-hmm. yeah. and everything. So he says, quote, I can see Tessa through it somehow. As if I were to scrape away a layer of paint, there would be my Tessa underneath. And Tessa's like, um, there isn't uh, your Tessa either way. Uh-huh. The fuck you're on. <laughs> that person clap. does not exist. And he's like, that's a fair enough assessment. <laughs> and then he asks uh, her, what does it feel like to be Jessamine? And if she could sense her thoughts or read how she feels. I'm really excited he asked this because I want to know yeah. too. And Tessa touched the curtain for drama and looks out the window before telling him that she tried to access her when she was getting dressed, but she wasn't able to feel anything from her. And Will says, well, I suppose it's hard to meddle in someone's brains if they've got no brains to start with. Burn. 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 Kelso just pops up. Burn. I wonder if this is more confirmation that when Tessa turns into people who are living, she has a lot harder time accessing their mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Feels like she kind of needs permission to do so. Right, they're blocking right. it somehow. Like they're they're still using it. Like no, girl, I'm still using this brain. Right, right. <laughs> it's still mine. Occupado. <laughs> yeah. I'm in here. Just a minute. <laughs> so t- Tessa tells Will that he can be annoying about it all he wants, but she knows that there is something wrong with Jessamine. That trying to reach her brain was like trying to touch a nest of snakes, a slithery snake. <laughs> She can feel a little bit of her emotion, rage, longing, bitterness, but she can't pick out any individual thoughts among them. It's like trying to hold on to water. And Will asks her if she's ever come across it before. Not that she's had a lot of opportunities to change into living peeps, Mm -hmm. but she said she hasn't. Except she just did with Aloysius, but like whatever. And it's concerning because Nate's probably going to ask her a question that she, like, should have the fucking answer to. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that sucks. Good point. 
Will's like, no, you're a good actress and you know your mark well. So I have the utmost confidence in you. Besides, if something goes wrong, I'll be there. I'll be there. Sorry, I had to be your echo. Thank you. Tessa tells him that she thinks that there is a third reason. Like he listed two reasons when they were in the room about not wanting to get Charlotte involved. But there's a third reason and it's a secret, but she knows what it is. And he's like, okay, tell me, riddle me this. What is it? So she says that um, he wasn't sure if Jessamine's involvement with Nate was a foolish flirtation or if something more sinister was brewing. Because if it was a ladder, it would break Charlotte's heart and he wanted to protect her feelings. That'd be like three kids in one day. Dude, for real. Right? Don't go breaking my heart. (laughs) Will feigns his toughness, but Tessa tells him that, like, she knows that he is a person who is capable of caring about other people. She, sorry. She knows how he is with Jim, and obviously he cares for Cecily. So then she decides that she's just going to ask if he had another sister. (sighs) Caught off guard, obviously. Will asks her why she would think that he had, like, why would why would you say that? Who says that? The timing of this is really odd to me. Like, why do this yep. before you're gonna go do all this crap? Right? It's it's now weird. It's not the time. It gets worse. Wait, the carriage. It gets worse. Don't worry. Awesome. Never fear. So she admits that she heard Jim tell him that he thought his sister was dead and will replied with my sister is dead but obviously cecily is very much alive so like boop 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 what's the sitch (laughs) and i love that she doesn't mention about what ragnar said in charlotte like at least she keeps that like goss to herself because that would be a betrayal will let out like a breath and he's like Clever girl. This one's a clever girl. And she's like, yes, yes, I know. But is it clever like I'm right or clever like I'm wrong? (laughs) (laughs) And so then he's like, Ella. Her name was Ella. And then he tells her the order of the siblinghood. So she was one year older than Will and Cecily was three years younger. And Tessa asked what she was like because she remembered how she'd felt when Jim asked her that when Nate had been missing, you know, before he was like an evil villain. Like he should be the one in the monocle. Just saying. (laughs) Will says that she was protective like his mother and would have done anything for him. Cecily was nine when he left and she was a wild child, afraid of nothing and demanded everything, although she could be totally different now. And Tessa could like really feel the love in the voice, in his voice, the same, like he was talking about them the same way he talked about Jim. Tessa's like, hey, can I ask you a question? And he's like, well, if I were to tell you no, you'll ask anyway. So like, sure. And this fucking gossip queen pulls out the, if you had a younger sister and knew how that felt, then why the what the fuck did you do to fucking Gabriel's sister? She, she really wants can't to know. Like, oh, yeah. 
Are you serious? I just told you about my dead sister and you want to know the goss about the Lightwoods? Yes. The fuck? Mm-hmm. <sighs> but Tessa is dead ass serious. And she's like, look, I spent a lot of time with the Lightwoods and Gabriel just like hates you so much. And there's this whole broken arm thing to consider now. And, you know, everything's always about me. And it would really just make me feel better if I knew. Do you not understand that I'm the main point of view character in this story? Okay, Karen. That's great. Will decides to tell her, which I'm like, bitch doesn't deserve it, but I'm glad we know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Tatiana, the sister, was 12 at the time. And Tessa, who can't keep her mouth shut while someone is in the middle of a story at all. She's like, 12? (laughs) And Will's like, I will pull this car over right now and turn back around. But thankfully for us, he doesn't. I mean, the creepy, crawly embarrassment of her asking like a total bitch has already passed. So we might as well get the cheese made while we're here. Definitely. Anyway, they were 12. And Tatiana was totes crushing on young Master Herondale, like, hard. She used to follow him around and giggle and duck behind pillars when he came near. So one night at Will's first Institute Xmas party, the Lightwoods were all there in their finery. And Tatiana had silver ribbons in her hair. And she was carrying this little book around with her everywhere. At some point, she must have dropped it because Will found it shoved into a chase lounge. And as you do, he opened it, and it just so happened to be her diary. Who the fuck brings a diary to a party? Oh, God. That's a 12-year-old. I don't know. That's even a lot for a 12-year-old. Yeah. Never. So, it is filled with poems about Will and describing the wedding that they would have. And she'd written Tatiana Herondale all over it. that's 12. Yep. (laughs) This was in the drawing room. So, of course, like any sensible, destructive child, Will went into the ballroom and got up in front of everyone and started reading it aloud. And I have to get this next part as a quote because it's too funny. So it starts with Tessa. Oh, Will, you didn't. I did, he said. She rhymed William with million, as in, you will never know, sweet William, how many are the million ways in which I love you. It had to be stopped. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. Nope. Dude. He has a point. I call my son Sweet William, so it was kind of like, mm. <laughs> Tatiana, of course, ran out in tears, and fucking Gabriel runs on stage and tried to strangle him. <laughs> and <laughs> Gideon stood there with his arms crossed, and Will points out, like, that's all he ever does. And Tessa said that obviously Gabriel didn't succeed in, like, strangling and murdering Will. And Will's like, yeah, not before he broke his arm. And that's the story. He, uh, I humiliated Tatiana in public. And not that he'll say anything, but I fucking um, humiliated fucking Gabriel, too. Because he thought he could take me down and he wasn't able to. It was my first year, had little formal training, and I heard that motherfucker call me very nearly a mundane behind my fucking back. Now what, bitch? I broke your arm. Come at me, bro. I feel like this is when fucking Gabriel, like, was born. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Tess is like, okay, the story was not as sexy as I pictured everything happening. But nonetheless, Will, being a dick, checks the box. Yep. She decides to tell Will that Sophie said that Tatiana is married and that she will be getting back from traveling the continent with her new husband soon. Will's like, yeah, cool. I'm sure she's as stupid and boring as she was before. <laughs> God. Tessa takes some time to admire Will because she has to. And then decides to ask another question. And Will says, I like how we're doing all these quotes. Will says what we're all thinking. At least what Kristen's thinking. The lady has another question. I can hear it in her tone. Will you ever... Will you never have done asking questions, Tessa? No. And she's like, uh, nope. Not until I get all my answers. Ha ha. What? How you like me now? (laughs) But this time she wants to know what would happen if a warlock was made by a demon parent and a shadow hunter hunter parent. And Will's like, uh, nobody knows because a shadow hunter would never do that. You gross, David. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible. Tessa tells him that the codex says that most warlocks happen because of a violation or like a shape changer demon impersonating a loved one. And Jem told her that shadow hunter blood is always dominant. So like the offsprings of fairies or person slash wolves are always shadow hunters. So could not the angel blood of a shadow hunter cancel out the demonic to produce? But this time Will cuts her off. Saying that it would produce nothing. The child would be born dead. They're still born. The offspring of a demon and a shadow hunter parent is death. Why do you want to know? How does he know that? That's a very specific thing to know. I know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe they talk about it in Sunday school. I don't know. Tessa says that she wants to know what she is. And she thinks that um, she's a combination that's like never been made before. Part fairy or like you know whatever and will asks if she ever thought of transforming herself into one of her parents to get access to their memories and tessa says she has and dude i didn't think of that like what a fucking smart idea right like every other time in the book i'm like turn into them (laughs) but like not this i'm fucking dumb anyway but she's like i don't have anything of my father's or my mother's everything was packed in the trunks that the dark sisters took and Will's like, yeah, but like, what about your angel necklace that you tell everyone is the only thing that you have left in the world of your mothers? <laughs> yeah. <gasps> Tessa's like, I tried that, but I couldn't get anything from my mom of it. Like, it must be mine now. Like, it's allegiance. Alliance has changed mm-hmm. to be mine. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing there. And Will tells her that perhaps she's a clockwork girl and Mortmain's warlock father built her. And under her chest is a clockwork heart. And now Mortman wants her so he can unlock the secret of how his dad had made such a good looking copy like the synths in Fallout 4. (laughs) And Tessa tells him that she clearly remembers her childhood. Okay, fucker. And if I was a robot, then I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. So eat a dick. I am not a robot. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I solved my Rick Patcha. Plugged into the Matrix. Okay. Will's like, I know, I know. It's just trying to be an asshole. It's my MO after all. And Tessa's like, look, I'm not the one between us that has no heart. Ten, man. Right. 
a heavy conversation for this little ride over. Right? Dude. I feel like you should be focusing on what you're doing. Yeah. Make a plan for inside, like, you know, when Jim was there. Right. We have just enough time for Will's face to get all red and embarrassed before they pull up to Benny's. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm excited. Not to be confused with Denny's, which is where Kristen would like to go eat blueberry mm, pancakes. They have such good nachos there for some reason. It's weird. I, don't, I haven't been to Denny's in a long time. Yeah, it's, it's not great. Just the nachos. I don't know. Anyway. Make sure that you've read chapter 12, Masquerade, for next week's episode. See, that's a good chapter name. That is. I wonder name. what it's going to be about. <laughs> the suspense will kill me for a whole nother yes, week. Yes, it will. <laughs> and if you don't read your chapter, I will crawl into your bedroom and remind you. <gasps> oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I can just imagine you crawling. It's hilarious. <laughs> With your knees. Dude. <laughs> All right, guys. Hear more about Robin's knees for behind-the-scenes content and the latest updates. Check us out on Instagram at Downworld or Dish Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.